Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Search for Canada. It is the monthly recap episode, so I'm Jack Chambers and I'm joined by Mark Williams-Cook. Hello. Welcome to the show, Mark. Welcome back for our fun little monthly recap we have. I enjoy our monthly jaunts. We're going to have some fun. We're going to have some more complaints about Google, it seems, this week. <laughs> it's pretty much all that's happening in SEO at the moment. We're going to talk about Google and Reddit and their partnerships, Google's new AI and generative stuff that they're doing with some smaller publishers. We're going to get on to talking about helpful content update stuff and a variety of other topics. As you know, and have probably come to know by now, listeners and viewers, Mark and I are going to get stuck into a lot of juicy SEO topics. Before we get to any of that, though, let's have a word from our sponsor, Positional. That's right. Today's episode is brought to you by Positional, the tool set that's empowering SEO and content marketing teams across the next generation of companies. And you probably heard me talk about their brilliant content analytics tool a few weeks ago, and I specifically focused on the internal linking side of things, and that's what I'm going to talk about today. You're going to want to pay attention to this because we all struggle with managing our internal linking strategy, right? And I think it's fair to say we could do a little bit more to make the most out of it. What if I told you the headache of managing your entire content portfolio linking strategy in a spreadsheet was a thing of the past? No more control F, no more copy and paste, just pure linking opportunities. Positional's internal toolset finds highly contextual missing internal links in existing and new content. And even better, they provide you with suggestions using things as keyword rankings and a bit of NLP in there as well. Less noise, only actionable opportunities. The toolset is actually pretty unique and even prompts your team to add internal links in context in new content before you've even published it. So you don't have to go away to a separate tool and then come back to it once you've done your keyword research. It all happens on the screen in the same toolset. The best part, positional pulls directly from your sitemaps. There's no additional integrations required, although we do recommend the optional integration with Google Search Console for the best possible results. Upgrade your content with internals by positional today. Use the link in our show notes or the video description if you're watching on YouTube. You can also go to positional.com and take a look for yourself at the opportunities waiting for you. By the way, Positional is about to close their beta cohort ahead of their public launch coming up on the 26th of March. So embrace their entire tool set now to enjoy perks such as unlimited seats, unlimited use and more. Sign up now. Use the link in the show notes. So let's kick things off by talking about Google and Reddit and their lovely new partnership, shall we? Friends. Because Yeah, yeah. I, I find it fascinating, the timing of this, and we'll get into official documentation, announcements from both companies and all that kind of stuff in a second. But it feels to me like everyone was kind of assuming this is a thing already because Reddit has been taking over the SERPs over the last few months anyway. I know um, our friends over at Systrix and, and plenty of other people who are keeping an idea and a, and a close eye on the kind of visibility of domains across the US and UK and things like that. Reddit is through the roof right now. It is like, I think it's the eighth most visible domain in the US or something like that, something unbelievable. So this feels like a weird timing agreement for me personally but uh let's have a look, quick look at the uh, official announcement shall we so this is google's official announcement that they are expanding their partnership with reddit and saying they're going to be using a lot more of reddit's data they have an api that they're working to bring more of its structured data and all this kind of stuff into the google fold and we have the equivalent from reddit essentially saying the same thing and saying hey look we're great we've been around for 20 years and isn't everything brilliant and you don't need to worry at all, promise, basically. 
Uh, why your thoughts on this, Mark? As a, as a long-time Redditor, but I believe recent deleter of your Reddit, is that correct? Uh, I kept the account, okay. but I okay. deleted all of the content and comments I've wow. ever posted, which was, I think, 17 years worth. <laughs> so nearly, so, so they, they say 18 years at the, at the top there. Yeah. Like you've been around nearly as long as yeah. Reddit has itself, right? I came over, for those who remember, in the kind of dig dot com revolt oh, when, G. Yeah, yeah, yeah. when they um started banning people for posting the <laughs> playstation encryption key thing <laughs> but i've been lurking on reddit so i've kind of been there from the beginning and yeah it's disappointing to me what it's become um it wasn't by no means perfect um but yeah i don't i don't spend much time on there anymore but the, the deal i mean like you said so we've seen reddit jump like i think it's like six seven times the amount of traffic yep. recently um you know the the Reddit statement about I think they call it you know authentic real time um, conversations that people are happening kind yeah. of goes hand in hand with what Google's been saying at least they want people to to have and what they want in their SERPs and certainly the data the Reddit data API link up explains how Google is getting this content. Um, and the structured manner in which they're doing so with the API, I think is really interesting because one of the biggest challenges and one I think is easy to oversimplify for search engines is there's no rules on the web. <laughs> Stuff's just there. People just write <laughs> stuff. It's not labeled. And it's like a massively difficult task for a, a search engine to yeah. go to any website that's all laid out differently and try and work out what the heck is going on. Um, that said, the type of reddit results i think we've seen haven't necessarily reflected that they have real-time structured data yeah. um i mean i saw them today ranking for payday loans oh good um, yeah from posts from like six seven years ago brilliant yeah um high quality content right there yeah yeah so you know and that's a common complaint i've seen so far which is that um you know reddit posts are cropping up but they'll be like eight 10 years old in some <laughs> cases which for there's only i think very few subjects where it's like fine to have information that's a decade old yeah because even if it's like factual information um you know you you learn more over a decade normally a lot about of changes pretty usually, much yeah. anything yeah yeah so it's it would generally be better to have a newer source so um yeah i think it's interesting there's lots of um, talk us about the timing as well with the Reddit IPO coming up. Um, obviously, they want to demonstrate growth. Yep, um, yep. Google want to train AI systems, um, which in itself I think is interesting because if you look at what's happening with all the AIs that are being trained, Google's probably already done it. It just feels like, a, yeah, we should probably give you some money to avoid <laughs> any legal nasties coming out in the future because you know, I, I worked out to revenue wise for Google to pay the $60 million, it would take them something like an hour and 45 minutes <laughs> to do that in revenue. So this is like peanuts yeah. for them. It's yeah. like, cool, you can have like less than two hours, you know, of our, of our revenue <laughs> That's to, crazy. to pay for access to all of your data. But, you know, it's, um, I think the estimation was it could imp improve the price of Reddit by like 10% having that partnership, that mm. growth um, with Google, but yeah. how it will pan out. We shall see, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. So let's talk about more Google AI stuff. And they have introduced a new feature called Help Me Write. 
which mm-hmm. is a lovely little thing. Here's the official announcement on the keyword blog from Google talking about how to basically do this and, and add this into your systems and, and turn it on on Chrome, essentially. You have to be updated to the latest version of Chrome. I think it's M122 uh, is the latest version, and you now have an option to basically switch it on. There's a little switch. Here's the instructions for you folks if you do want to go through you have to be in the u.s for this trial currently you have to be over 18 years old they get all the best all toys the, they, don't they? they really always do first. yeah they yeah. always get to try stuff first uh, you can go into your settings turn on the experimental ai side of things and then try out the experimental ai features and tick the help me write little uh, slider there and you'll be able to essentially get google chrome to generate little bits and snippets for you which is very handy exactly what we need on the web exactly however you brought this to my attention, Mark, and I think this is very interesting. The exact wording they use in the Help Me Write thing talks about, oh, use it to short-form content like reviews. Makes sense, Specifically, right? Specifically use it to write like reviews. like reviews, and I'll, I'll get into that little official quote in a second. This is from the Google Store Review Guidelines. Your content should reflect your genuine experience for a product and should not be posited to manipulate products' ratings. Don't post fake content, don't post the same content multiple times, and don't post content for the same product from multiple accounts. Cool. And as I just said, Help Me Write specifically says, help you write short-form content for things on the web like reviews. So be honest and open, and you have to bring in your expertise, authoritativeness, first-hand experience, all this kind of stuff. But also you can do it with an easy little click of a button and AI and we don't mind. So this was obviously on the store <laughs> Google store review guidelines. Yes. But that's pretty much what they want from you, whatever type of review you're doing. Yeah. So to me, it does. I mean, I'm sure they'll manage to argue it, but it does seem a little bit contradictory. You know, I'm sure they'll say, well, it's there to assist you <laughs> to write it. But, yeah. you know, when we're talking about something so specific as your experience with reviews... If you start typing something and it's just prompting you, you know, that's probably what you're going to write. That's why you're using that tool. Yeah. Um, your content I, should reflect your genuine experience. Yeah. Word for word what it says. So, I, I mean, <laughs> this is kind of I, I was trying to work out, like, what's going on here, right? You've got Google at one side, the search team being like, do this. These are the guidelines, genuine experience, blah, blah. And then we've got the Chrome team being like, cool, put more AI content on the web. Um <laughs> And I think it's just that, you know, Google is a big company and these two teams probably, you know, they're, they're not going to be sitting next to each other, just aren't <laughs> communicating as, yeah, as, yeah. as well. And, you know, lots of the stuff I think we've seen Google do has been very much like let's increase value for stakeholders type decisions. Yep. So each department is doing that, um, which gives this kind of, you know, mixed messaging because it is really, really mixed messaging. Yeah, I think it's a it's a really weird kind of combination where so much of there's so much encouragement for using AI for doing little bits and pieces and just like little suggestions and little additions. Not saying oh you should write it from scratch, but that little assistance from so many other things. I don't know if you've noticed, so many other tools now have a little auto suggest button these days that is yeah. AI powered and AI generated in various different ways. And yeah, I think you might be right that there's just like not that level of communication. I know every company in the world has issues with like one department not speaking to another department. And when you get the size of Google, yeah, that's, sure. gonna, that's definitely sure. going to happen. And those problems, I know we've talked about this before, when we talk about the size of companies and stuff, right, where it gets exponentially more difficult for mm. one person to communicate to another person <laughs> from one like, department. It feels almost like a supply-demand issue mm. to me in that 
if Google had a mission, right? So their mission is obviously to, well, when Make it was just, when it was Google was <laughs> to like, you know, they said it was to index the um, world's information yeah. and present it. Obviously Alphabet now has broader objectives because search isn't just the only thing they do. Um, but if they went with the kind of value of making the web better, then <clears throat> I don't think this feature would probably exist. Mm, yeah. However, with the goals of we want people to use Chrome and everyone wants this, whether it's a good idea or not, you know, it's just like the stuff that gets churned out by AI. Like, you know, people do it because people will want it. Um, I think that's why it's appeared. So it's, it's interesting to me, again, like trying to pin a huge company into this value, which probably doesn't directly align with other metrics around adoption of their software and usage and revenue, um, which is why we're going down this road. And it seems like Google are moving in a lot of different directions with AI stuff. And there is now another partnership. So Google are paying publishers to test unreleased generative AI tools. It's essentially a suite of AI tools. We haven't been given specifics. But this is a brilliant article from Adweek. I'll put that in the show notes, listeners, if you do want to read it in full. And a five-figure sum has been exchanged with seemingly smaller publishers to help them publish more content more effectively more efficiently essentially and it goes into a lot of detail talking about how uh i'll, I'll read a section here from what, what we're seeing on screen if podcast listeners you can't see what's on screen uh in partnership with news publishers especially smaller publishers we're in the early stages of exploring ideas to potentially provide ai enabled tools to help journalists with their work that seems very wholesome and very like oh yeah, they're trying to help out the little guy help right the small guy yeah yeah yeah, yeah. however there is a lot of speculation about how this tool actually works or this suite of tools. I'm sorry, that is a, is a bunch of tools, not just one. And there is a section at the bottom here of the page. Again, if you're watching on YouTube, you can read along. Uh, if you're listening on the podcast, I'll read it out for you. The beta tools let under-resourced publishers create aggregated content more efficiently by indexing recently published reports generated by other organizations, such as government agencies and neighboring news outlets, then summarizing and publishing them as a new article. That is not new for news sites and publishers in general. People have been aggregating and summarizing other people's articles for as long as printed press has been around, basically. But this does seem a bit dodgy to me. And I know quite a few, <laughs> other, quite a few other people, there's a quote here from uh, Digital Content Next CEO Jason Kint here. It's hard to argue that stealing people's work supports the mission of the news. <laughs> and I kind of agree. I don't think it's as simple or as black and white as that, but I think... This is a weird, again, another weird step from Google where they talk about how they want original content and they want, you know, people publishing their own stuff and talking about your own expertise and bringing all this kind of stuff, this first-hand experience. But we also want you to summarize and aggregate other people's work and then publish it on your own site. It seems a bit double-sided to me. How are you feeling about it, Mark? I have a theory about this Oh, one. okay. Okay. I have Hit a me with a theory. This one, which is, um, so... Again, reading between the lines here because they don't give specifics. When it's talking about things like, um, you know, government reports or what I'm imagining is if there's like a PR release from a company, like we've acquired this company, you know, this stock price has happened, that they can use generative AI to write a news article from that. I think that's a firstly a good use for LLME type uh, systems because the, one of their strong points is uh, summarizing content. Right? Yeah. So yeah, we talked about that on the show before many so times. Yeah. That that makes sense. Um, but my question would be, why would 
Google be interested in in people doing that because it's not like you know high quality reporting it's more just like i'll put this in easy to read story mode for you <laughs> i think it might be to do with all of the issues and hot water legally google's got itself into with google news oh interesting right yeah so there's been a lot of problems i think like in australia google news uh, they threatened just to pull news yep after they weren't you know going to pay out to to these publishers so my what if is <clears throat> Google provides this. So they're doing this test, in which case they're saying you have to publish your three articles and the independent publisher is like, actually, this works really well for us. Um, we're getting, you know, decent news. We're getting more visitors to our site. We're not having to pay people. But as part of using that platform, I bet there is a stipulation about Google being able to use that news right. yep. within their own google news yeah um because if that's google's technology as well they obviously have the ability just to do this themselves google <laughs> yeah, could yeah. just be like cool we'll press a button and rather than new independent publishers do it we'll just publish the news but of course they will get monopoly case after <laughs> monopoly case if yeah. they're just like yeah we own the news now yeah so for me i reckon it's to protect um, revenue in Google News by pushing by basically Google writing the news, but then having independent by publishers third, third party. publish it by proxy, <laughs> and as part of a deal that they get it, no questions asked in Google News. Oh, that's, and then that's, that's pretty fill spicy, up Mark. News. I like so it. I like it. That's what I think is happening. There. Follow the money. <laughs> <laughs> Got to always follow the money, especially when it comes to big companies like Google. Right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Well. This is the midpoint of the show, so let's have another word from our sponsor, Positional. Do you ever feel like there's a hidden formula for creating content that consistently ranks highly in organic search results? There is. With Positional, you can eliminate the guessing game of balancing your tone of voice, your sentiment, your links, your keyword strategy, and so much more with their content optimization toolset, Optimize. Crafting high-performing content that resonates with your audience and is optimized for search engines can seem like a never-ending series of A-B tests. But Positional reverse engineers top-performing posts so you can say goodbye to the optimization guesswork so you can make data-driven decisions. Insights include everything from long-tail keyword suggestions and the overall sentiment of your content to heading suggestions, images, and so much more. You can implement these recommendations immediately to improve your rankings and improve your content right there and then. Within Optimize, you're able to fine-tune your content to really match what your audience is looking for and ensure that your content performs every single time. Positional's toolset is here to guide you through the whole process from starting an organic search channel from scratch to scaling and optimizing an existing one. Elevate your content game today with priority access using the link in the show notes or the video description if you're watching on YouTube, and you can go to positional.com right now, Positional is about to close their beta cohort, so you need to jump in before they launch on the 26th of March to get full access to things such as the unlimited seats and unlimited usage and so much more as part of this beta. So go and sign up before the 26th of March using the link in the show notes. Since we were just talking about independent brands and independent publishers and all that kind of stuff, should we talk about how Google is actually killing independent brands? <laughs> <laughs> Allegedly. <laughs> Allegedly. So this is a really in-depth and really interesting article from uh, Giselle and Danny over at Housefresh. Highly recommend you go and read it. Uh, Giselle, I've been following for a while now. She's fantastic SEO in her own right and Housefresh I'd never heard of. I'm not a big air purifier kind of mm -hmm. guy. But this particular article 
like as you can probably see by the scroll bar if you're watching on YouTube at the the top left there, it is pretty long and pretty extensive. So I will link that in the show notes if you want to dive in and uh, get some more details and stuff. Essentially, this is a big discussion about how Google trying to continuously improve their search results quality is actually hurting smaller publishers. And it really kind of favors the big household names. You're seeing examples here of like Rolling Stone and the New York Times and Forbes and all these kind of big, big names we talk about very regularly on the show. And I think it's a really interesting conversation to have because we've seen smaller sites get hit by things like the helpful content update, all this kind of stuff that's been happening over the last year or so. And I think it's a very interesting conversation to have. However, before we get into that helpful content discussion and stuff, let's talk about when you search for the title of that particular article, so how Google is killing independent brands, a slight adjustment, and you get, obviously, the How Fresh article there. We mentioned Reddit. You can see Reddit down there. Like, brilliant. Yeah, cool. So this is an improvement as well. Yes. So actually, when when this article was published a couple of weeks ago, uh, a week ago, um, for the first four or five days, Reddit had, like, the first three <laughs> positions over <laughs> the original article. Yeah. Um, yeah. So brilliant. this is kind of getting there this is the improved version and and folks watching on youtube might be thinking oh i can see that there's a feature snippet up there that's not from the original article no it's not it's from a linkedin pulse article that literally literally carries it all over and uh by the way this is the little uh linkedin article here how google is killing independent sites like ours it is just the same thing all over again because oh wait it's AI generated. <laughs> so I'd like to point out I, that analysis is done by zero GPT, which I don't necessarily vouch for, but I could tell straight away this was written by AI you, because you it can has smell it all the hallmarks yeah. of, yeah. in this article, we're going to explore, <laughs> you know, there, there's then a we, few... Then we deep dive into this thing. And, there's yeah, a few yeah. tropes that chat GPT just, like, pans out. And, you know, it's that search term obviously had spiked they've basically written it, written like one or two sentences as the intro, and then it's just a whole bunch of generic information about <laughs> Google's algorithm. Um, there's some FAQ things, and Google's decided, you know, with no trace of irony to, to whack that at the top. <laughs> I'd recommend reading that House Fresh article. Yes, so it definitely. Goes in, it goes into detail about, um, so their site, House Fresh, as Jack said, it's basically review uh, reviews of air purifiers. And they actually go and get these things. They do have a specific test they do on all of them. They like check how long it takes to clear. If you're out. watching on YouTube, they've got a little disclaimer at the top there. We are ad free and buy all the devices we test ourselves. They have a really rigorous process. So it's genuinely impressive. Yeah, like legit, really, really good process of some. If I were looking for air purification, which I'm not particularly, but this seems like an incredibly trustworthy source for it. Yeah, they basically do absolutely everything Google suggests in yeah. terms of making content good. They've actually bought the products, they've actually reviewed them. And the point they're basically making in the article is that uh, big brand sites with lots of links like Forbes and stuff rank for now these air purifier terms. And the stuff they're reviewing, they've pointed out that when you actually dig into it, a lot of the reviewers weren't actually doing proper tests themselves. Some of them included reviews for products that were actually now discontinued. Yeah, yeah. They were reviewing products uh, well that when you actually looked into it were some of the worst weighted, rated <laughs> products and worst performing on the market. Um, but because it's big brand, lots of links, the way that Google is currently working is, you know, there's just huge favoritism for these sites. So they write it and 
and they rank at the moment. Yeah. Which is quite yeah. sad. Yeah, I think this is something we've seen a lot from the helpful content update that happened October of last year. It's obviously been pretty much the talking point of the SEO world over the last few months about how many people have been hit so badly by the helpful content update stuff. So this is Google's official helpful content update and the documentation from them on the Google site. So going through and looking at the search central stuff, like you said, Mark, I think HouseFresh are doing basically everything right, like all, all intents and purposes. What's particularly interesting for me about this documentation and it's been spoken about now in, in more detail is that the HCU is actually a classifier, a site-wide classifier. Yes. And I think that's easy to miss because essentially what that means is when you are seeing sites getting hit, they're generally taking like these massive like 75, yeah. 80, yeah. 90% hits in some cases because Google has decided that whole site is actually yeah not not you know not fitting these these guidelines. Yeah. So first, I just think as a as a kind of observation of has my site been directly affected by the HCU? I think that's kind of the, a hallmark now that we see of yes, I've had like a devastating loss in traffic. Yeah, yeah. There's also a tweet here from the official Google search liaison Twitter, which is kind of going into more of this detail, right? Talking about. And I know, credit to the Google search team, they try and respond when they can, John and Danny and the crew doing as much as they can. But yeah, there's a lot lot to dive into. And I know there was a kind of discussion about how quickly people will recover from mm. it and a few different techniques. I I know we're just talking about this before we started recording. You've got some really fascinating examples, but yeah. I'll kind of start off with the official word here from Google. So they said, after a couple of weeks, you'll probably see some recovery and stuff. A couple of weeks was kind of misinterpreted or misspoken, perhaps. And what it actually meant was maybe a few months, yeah. <laughs> quite a bit longer than a couple of weeks. And yeah. even in that period, it was not necessarily guaranteed. There is obviously no guarantee from if anybody who's ever been affected by a Google update, let alone the latest ones, you're never guaranteed a recovery of any particular kind. Even if you just sit there and wait and hope for it all to blow over and all that kind of stuff. Or if you <laughs> take drastic measures, there's no guarantee either way because when you talk about site-wide stuff, right, I think it is really interesting when you can't tell what is specifically causing that drop-off. Oh, yeah. You're then just kind of like shooting in the dark and hoping for the best, right? <laughs> yeah, so uh, this this tweet was to clarify um, that it doesn't take two weeks to recover from HCU. It's it's a classifier that runs constantly, uh, so you can it can start picking up the changes normally within a few weeks. Yeah. But um, to, you know, to clarify, Danny helpfully said, you know, probably several weeks to several months. So longer term recovery. Um, what I find fascinating, and I don't think it's been spoken about enough, is I have seen some people um, recover from the HDU. I use the term recover loosely. <laughs> so one person who had a site that got completely wiped out by the HDU, like 90%, 95% traffic loss, uh, tried basically just deleted all of his bad content, right? Um, just let it 404 right. and left it for, I think he said like 10 weeks or something, wow. like a couple of months. Okay. Because uh, he was like, I've got nothing to lose. I've lost all the traffic. <laughs> I mean, yeah, anyway. fair, fair. May as well try something. And he then republished all the content on the same URLs. Okay. Okay. And then all his traffic came back. Oh. Well, okay. <laughs> so. I can only surmise from that, unless it's some kind of freak occurrence, that Google obviously looked at the remaining bits, decided 
that it didn't need to classify the site as unhelpful now mm. kind of lifted that and then the content came back google went through its usual crawling indexing oh this looks good i'll rank it yeah. and that classifier hasn't kind of come back around the block <laughs> and that's why i said i use it loosely because it's Cause not it may it's not recovered drop off again yeah, yeah you yeah. know um it will very likely almost certainly suffer the same fate yeah what got me particularly interested in that example and made me think maybe it wasn't a fluke is i've seen two other sites do something very similar where they've put the same content just onto a new domain or oh, a new okay. set of yep. urls yep. and then it just starts ranking <laughs> so it seems to me that the classifier is tied to a domain or subdomain at least um that then applies yeah to to that content because they're really like weird hacky examples and obviously yeah. they're not recovery techniques they're not <laughs> ways to go but i just find it really interesting because you get some insight obviously on how the system is actually working yeah but as you said what's so what's scary to me about that is if you have a legit site where you think okay mm, we've been hit by this how do you work out which content to kill because yeah if you've if you've got it up like in our case where we had the death save site where i genuinely think okay a lot of this content is quite good yep how Agreed. do i work out what google's decided is not good yeah that's the difficult part yeah and unless you're doing something drastic like you said like completely bombing it all and putting it onto a different domain or something like that, which some people don't want to do or there is just too much to do or whatever it is there's many reasons why you wouldn't do that yeah but sure but like yeah this is such a weird approach like when you see the discussions i was talking with uh nate matheson on the optimized podcast we had this discussion like do you think it's possible to recover from this like latest helpful content update and my answer was like long term i have not seen any obviously we're, we're still in the fairly short term i've not seen any examples that prove that they can long term i've seen uh businesses like you know content focused businesses basically talk about uh, if this doesn't sort out we're gonna have to shut down uh the guys over at retro dodo have been talking about this a lot i know brandon is super into his seo and listen to the podcast sometimes so hey brandon um and you know they've just launched another content site about card games and stuff and he's very openly you know doing the like building in public kind of mm. thing right of talking about how much this update has affected their business and how much ad revenue they're losing how much stuff they're losing from their youtube side of things the youtube side is pretty constant but that's not the whole picture of the business obviously and just these search console graphs that are just dropping off and off and off and off over and over again it is bad to think that obviously we live in google's world and all that kind of stuff right we are we are but the whim of our master <laughs> the masters at google and it can change like that's a company with multiple freelancers and employees and all this kind of stuff and there's going to be dozens and do that's just an example from my nerdy little retro game corner of the internet yeah. there's going to be hundreds of examples of entire businesses families not being able to pay their rent or mortgage or whatever because well tough helpful content update like it fascinates me that there's kind of this <clears throat> massive consequences for stuff and some people just don't have the resources to yeah do do stuff try stuff experiment with stuff and like you said maybe deleting the whole thing and starting from scratch is not always the best approach yeah. anyway well you know that's just ridiculous most yeah. businesses couldn't survive yeah that. exactly one um final point that really interested me about the mm. hcu was the talk now about a specific google patent uh, which was granted in june 2022 which was around information gain score let's have a look shall we and 
yeah, this patent was essentially a way to calculate how unique a content uh, your content is from a what new information are you bringing. So yeah. a way to think about it is, you know, duplicate content is, is this content, is this text exactly the same or very close to somewhere else? Has it been lifted, copy and pasted? And I think a lot of people got excited that generative AI gets you around that because it rewrites essentially <laughs> the same thing. Yeah. And this is, I think, the Achilles heel of how most people are generating content with LLMs in that they can't generate new information. They are, you know, they're based on these tools that are generating the next most likely kind of words, tokens, if you like. Yes, the generative aspect is the spicy new bits, but the spicy new bits are what cause the errors which is why the content itself can be fundamentally bad. Yep. So information gain seems like a fairly solid way to sort out, is this content adding something? Is it just a rewritten Gen AI thing? And you can get around this, I think. You know, you can, again, you can use Gen AI if you're basing it off proprietary information, off data to make reports, kind of like the example we just spoke about yeah. with the, the Google News thing. Um, but this did interest me, um, you know, even if I'm getting a human to write a D&D article about something, are they bringing anything new to the party? Yes. Or are they just doing a very slow job of what ChatGPT would do? <laughs> um, and again, this is, all of these bits are coming together for me, I think, in terms of Google's view, the HCU, in terms of the role links play, because links definitely play a role in, I think, how aggressively some of these classifiers are applied. Yeah. Um, because, you know, these big sites that are ranking, like the LinkedIn example there, you know, that's no new information, no information game on that. Yeah. But I think they kind of get a pass because of, you know, that domain, that brand, what it is. Yep. New sites, I don't think will get that pass. So I think this is why I love this community and when everyone's sharing information and sharing data and we get small bits from Google when people are doing experiments with like deleting content because it, to me, it, it starts giving us these puzzle pieces where we can work out, okay, in your situation, you know, we don't have many links. So Google doesn't know who our brand is. So we need to get out of this situation like this. Whereas you're Forbes, just do what you like. Um, <laughs> just, yeah, keep pumping it out. It doesn't matter. <laughs> just get the ads on there. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, the information gain score is something I'm going to spend a bit more time thinking about and looking at, um, especially with the smaller sites, uh, because I was trying to fix our HCU experimental site just yeah. with links because uh, I was interested right, to see right. how yeah, that yeah. went. I purposely didn't want to change the, the content. Um, but I think that's quite a long-term thing to do because it was like a brand new. Yeah, song. yeah. Yeah, I think it's interesting. So we'll, we'll kind of wrap things up and I'll kind of summarize this information gain stuff here. This is the information here from Search Engine Land. So kind of summary of what Google has, has stated. Google has a way of calculating how unique your content is from the rest of the content in that topic area. Exactly what we were just talking about there where kind of contradicting what we were just talking about, the summarizing and aggregating at the top of the show when other publishers are using that to summarize stuff. And I think what you said there, Mark, is really interesting where so much of content is 
a repurposing or a whatever, various different ways of doing it, but taking known information and just putting it in a different format or in a saying it in a different way. And I wonder if this is kind of the the bigger push and ties into the bigger discussions about double EAT and the house fresh stuff we were just talking about as well, where you know, having real world actual experts and first hand experience with products and services and all that kind of stuff. This is still leaning towards that. And here, like, interesting, I, I think, like with House Fresh, right? Mm. From a text point of view, I don't think you can tell, like, with specifically reviews, how much information gain there is. Because that, that was yeah. a specific point House Fresh made in that the reviews that were written by people that maybe hadn't tested the products were still saying in our lab we did this yeah i saw this we so it was still written in exactly the same way as even if they if, did have the even experience. if the test wasn't yeah. as good and as well just a second point to that the amount of information gain on reddit must be huge because it's <laughs> that, just that's a good point it's actually, just yeah. the screams and garbles of the <laughs> underbelly of the internet a cacophony <laughs> of chaos of content chaos you know but there must be a lot of hidden gems yeah, sure yeah you'd think yeah yeah things that have never been said anywhere else get yeah, said right. on reddit every yeah. 15 minutes well there's a whole subreddit for that <laughs> isn't there for the um for that new sentence whoever it is oh I yeah think... this sentence has never been said before like yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, there you go that's that's the hot fresh content we need it's just sentences that have never been typed before <laughs> that solves all of our problems uh yeah it, it's felt like this episode has kind of come back around on itself right it feels like an ouroboros of a, of a snake <laughs> eating its own tail we're coming back around to talking about reddit and talking about this this information gain and i think that is going to be a hot topic to talk about over the next few months as we see google trying to progress and do whatever they're trying to do in this recovery stage of the hcu and these new partnerships going forward with these publishers with reddit and stuff like that Get used to this, listeners and viewers. This is going to be a thing we're going to be discussing for many, many months to come. Uh, if you would like to get involved, if you have any questions or anything like that, please do leave us a comment. If you're watching on YouTube, uh, please do go and check out the show notes. All the links for all the articles. I know I've kind of been doing little snippets and summarizing them and flashing them up on screen and stuff like that. But if you do want to get involved and read the full thing and do your own research and stuff like that, all the links for all the stuff will be in the show notes. So go and check those out as well. Thank you, Mark, for joining me. You're very welcome. It's been a pleasure. It has. It's been nice to to get back in the studio and, and chat about everything that happened. I've enjoyed the information game. There we go. This is information game. Oh, no, wait. We're summarizing stuff. Damn. <laughs> damn. No new We're providing experience. <laughs> Are we, though? Yeah. <laughs> we'll count. We'll count. Enough. Yeah, yeah. It's good enough. We'll, we'll, we'll call it. That should be the subtitle for this episode. <laughs> Season three, episode nine. It's good enough. <laughs> well, thank you for listening. Thank you for watching. If you have been joining us, wherever you've been joining us. And we will see you next month for another monthly recap episode.